With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Anthony C. Ferrante, director of hey, Hi, this is the voice of BattleBots, Mark Biron. This is Seth Shostak, senior astronomer at the SETI Institute. Hi, this is Brad Steiger. Hello, my name is Matt Simon. I am a science writer at Wired Magazine and author of the new book, The Wasp That Brainwashed the Caterpillar. This is Frank Joseph. I'm the author of an essay in the latest book, Lost Secrets of the Gods. Hi, this is Linda Godfrey, author of American Monsters. Hello, my name is Robert Salas. I'm the author of Unidentified, the UFO Phenomenon. Hi, this is Nick Redfern, the author of Close Encounters of the Fatal Kind. Hi, my name is Bob Luca. And my name is Betty Andreasen Luca. Hi, this is Jesse Proofus, the producer of JFK, The Smoking Gun. Hello, this is Marty Langford. I'm the director of Doom, the untold story of Roger Corman's The Hi, this is Kevin Randall, author of Alien Mysteries, Conspiracies, and Cover-Up. Hi, this is Tracy Roberts, founder of I'm Jeremiah Bomek, the producer of The Real of Horror. Hi, my name is Bill Hall, author of The World's Most Haunted House. Hi, this is Micah Hanks, and I'm the author of the book The Ghost Rockets. And you're listening to Emmy on the Graveyard Shift talk show, blogtalkradio.com.
within the molten core of a dying star. That's hot. From the snow-capped mountaintops of Middle Earth, orbiting above the Earth in a stolen alien spacecraft. The Graveyard Shift Online Radio Talk Show. Now, strap on your seatbelt, get ready to kneel, true believers, because here's your host, Emmy. Welcome to the Graveyard Shift Talk Show, Season 9, Episode 7. This is your glorious host, Emmy, and you are here at the greatest talk show that ever has been, is, or ever will be. And today, tonight, is we are talking about Emmy opens the French Toast Chakra. Go ultimate attack! Any anime fan will understand what that means. Check anybody who's ever watched karate or anything will, will understand. So, uh, first of all, welcome to everybody, uh, both returning fans, new fans. For those of you asking, what are you watching? Well, this is the Graveyard Shift Talk Show. That's what you're watching. There you go. And, um, by the way, Ed, thanks. Hi, how you doing, buddy? That's my old co-host right there, Ed. Him and I were doing this show way back in the day when we were at the studio. And I tell you what, man, it, it's been a long time. I'm doing the show, Ed. That's what I'm doing. I'm still doing the show. It's been nine seasons on on this uh, server of Blog Talk Radio, and things are just going absolutely fantabulous. you got to check out the website, man. There's, there's just so much. And in my videos on Facebook, you can see all of uh, the past interviews. That's for anybody, really, not just not just uh, for my, my, my co-host there. So, guys, it's been one heck of a busy season, right? And, by the way, I want to welcome all of my Facebook uh, viewers. Hello, everybody. I'm sure everyone's enjoying the uh, – the really cool kind of trippy uh, effect that Facebook is employing. It's kind of a weird, like, woo, like Ripley. I don't even know what you would call that. But anyway, it's really neat. I'm just trying different things. And apparently this is uh, this is uh, something that uh, people are liking. So as I was saying, this has been one hell of a busy season, right? I mean, it, you know, Halloween season usually is busy for us. You know, we were at uh, Necronomicon. We were interviewing a ton of people there. Uh, we were interviewing a lot of authors and uh, filmmakers, and uh, my gosh, I mean, and, and then we had uh, the author of The Close Encounters Man last week for, for the Halloween week episode. That was that was really cool. Remember that? So um, now it's like, whew, now we're just like chilling out. Oh, and of course, how can I forget the unbelievable, uh, awesome videos that our very dear friend, Dr. Paul Bearer, uh, was sharing with us. I mean, he was just like, man, you want to talk about somebody who was like, like really working hard. That's him. So, well, thank you. Yes, Michael, this is different. Yeah, hopefully good different. I'm, I'm trying something new. So I'm hope, hopefully this is good. You know, I don't want to, I want to change it up a little bit. So um, thank you, Ed. Thank you very much, man. It's, hey, you know what? You're a part of that, that happy ninth day and night season. Um, you're a big part of that. If it wasn't for you, we never would have started this thing. So, you know, we, we always want to welcome you here to the show. You're, you're, you're always going to be a part of the crew, man. So we love, much love to you, buddy. Um, you know, um, it's funny because th- some of you guys may not be aware of this, especially our fans that are, that are new, but I've been doing this show for a really, really long time, ever since I want to say 2003 or four, And that's when we started doing stuff in a studio. And, oh, thanks, Michael. Thanks. I'm glad you like it. And, um, 
you know, when I was doing it in the studio, I was doing it with my very dear friend, Ed, who was kind of like riffing off of me, you know, and, and it was, it worked so well. I mean, we did really great play, but you know, if I can find any of those old, uh, those old episodes, I'll share them with you guys because it was hilarious. But anyway, you know, hey, things happen, people move, and, you know, now I'm doing this, and now I'm online. And I'm also sharing, you know, as you guys know, video episodes and special episodes. Thanks for all the likes, guys. I appreciate it. So anyway, um, I tell you what, man, it's, it's been one heck of, of a time now, you know. So now you're probably wondering, well, what's next? What's, what's Emmy going to do now? I mean, he's done all this stuff for Halloween. What's up? What's up next? Well, actually, we've got quite a lot of stuff happening. We've got several events coming up. I don't want to give away too much what they are because I haven't confirmed yet with the event holders. But we've got some events that I'm going to be covering coming up. And then I've got a few people that I have lined up for interviews. And tonight, what I'm going to do is I'm going to replay an old interview after I do all the weird news of the day. Remember I used to do that? all the weird news of the day, and then I'm going to replay an old interview with Frank Joseph. Now, hold on. I know there are some of you that's not very crazy about Frank Joseph, especially the fact that he was an American Nazi sympathizer. Um, I did not know that at the time when I interviewed him, and even though I know that now, I actually spoke with him recently. He said he was not a Nazi sympathizer. Now he's reformed, so I was really happy to hear that, and now I feel comfortable playing his interview because he's no longer sympathizing with that terrible group. So without any further ado, let me go ahead and get into the weird news of the day. And what, man, do we ever have some weird news for you guys? Okay. You ready for this? Okay. So, you know, uh, we're living in a day and age where, you know, there's a lot of global warming, global cooling, global, you know, whatever global room temperaturing and people are finding stuff, um, buried underground in their backyard, right? Well, somebody found an unexploded World War II bomb. See, a man in the German town of Breton, am I saying that right? I hope I'm saying that right. All my German fans, let me know, reported finding an unexploded bomb from World War II in his home garden, but his neighbors can rest easy because uh, it's a vegetable. I'm not kidding. This is real. The 81-year-old homeowner, I don't know, does that say anything? had contacted officers Friday out of concern he had stumbled upon a decades-old dangerous weapon, and it turned out to be a zucchini. Police from Karlsruhe, this is, I'm going to massacre this, guys. Karlsruhe, Karlsruhe? Mm -hmm. a city near Breton, posted about the incident on Facebook, including a photo of the zucchini in question. So, uh, you know, you're looking at this thing, and yeah, sure. Why not? Sure. Why couldn't it be a bomb? Anyway, the police themselves even conceded that the nearly 16-inch squash really did look like a bomb, according to media. The outlet notes that WW2-era bombs have been unearthed in Germany before, sometimes necessitating ex- evacuations before authorities can defuse them. According to local media, police suspect someone had chucked the vegetable over the homeowner's hedge, and that's how he found it. Well, you know, look, look, all kidding aside, there was, and actually I think there still is, a lot of um, scare over, you know, uh, partially exposed mines and old bombs. And, you know, yes, this is an amusing story because, and and it ended well because it didn't, it wasn't a bomb and it was a dud. And I mean, it wasn't a bomb, it was a vegetable. But look, uh, in all seriousness, 
take these things seriously. You know, if you think you guys find something on the ground, you know, be sensible. Call the authorities like this gentleman did, and you never know what it could be. Don't take anything for granted because you never know. So there's that. You guys want me to share this? Uh, let me see. I'm going to share this with you guys on our on our live feed here, so you can see what it what it is. I'm going to share the story. There you go. I just shared it on our live feed, so you can click on it yourself and, and look at it and check it out. <laughs> I tell you, man. All right. Well, from you know zucchinis to water guns, right? A man convicting of robbing two Massachusetts banks with a water gun painted to look real has been sentenced up to 10 years in prison. The Daily Hampshire Gazette reports that 34-year-old Edgardo Rivera was also sentenced Thursday to five years of probation after being convicted of multiple counts of arms and mass robbery. Prosecutors say the Springfield man robbed a bank in South Hadley on March 28, 2016, and a bank in Ware just a few days later. About $10,000 in total was stolen. An employee at one of the banks said she thought she was going to die. Rivera's lawyer asked for a shorter sentence reportedly recently, saying his client used a water gun to make sure no one got hurt. A water gun. Wow. Well, I mean, I suppose if you paint it a certain way, I guess it could look real. I mean, some of those guns, you know, if you guys have ever gone to the toy store or even just the toy section, take a look at those toy guns. Some of them make you wonder, you know, what's going on here. And, you know, as far as attacking people with weird weapons, how about wildlife? Well, 45-year-old Janet Smith was captured towards the beginning of uh, November 1st by officers of the Detroit Police Department for supposedly catching various squirrels and preparing them to assault her previous boyfriend. The casualty, 51-year-old James Robinson, was probably assaulted by the rodents on more than 12 events in the course of the most recent. These dogs are, I guess they must have been nuts for him. Wah, wah. <laughs> oh, boy, I tell you, that that that, that was funny. I, yeah, that, that was funny. Yeah. No, not aw. What, what is that, Steve? That doesn't even make any sense. That, that doesn't make any sense. I'm sure, why not? Anyway, as I was saying, um, the, uh, the, the assault caused him numerous genuine wounds, including the loss of two fingers and one gonad not off by his assailant. Steve, why are you doing the sound effect of children saying yay? That doesn't, that doesn't make any sense, dude. Don't, don't do that, okay? That, that, that's, that's actually inappropriate, okay? I mean, I, I, I don't even understand why you would do that at all. So, you know, don't do that. Yeah, Steve unfortunately has, you know, uh, you know, found all these really neat sound effects and he's using them throughout the show. So I, I really apologize if, if, you know, if that is annoying. Anyway, the poor man had no clue why squirrels would continue to, atop, to assault him until the point when he saw his ex, a previous carnival creature coach, there you go, cheering the creatures amid one of the assaults. Quote, she was in part taken cover behind a few shrubs, yet I could unmistakably observe her and hear her. She was shouting orders at the squirrels and instructing them to assault me. Understanding that his life could be in peril, Mr. Robinson documented a grievance to the police who visited Miss Smith. <laughs> this is too insane. 
In her living arrangement, get this, they found 12 confines holding a thumb of 27 squirrels. They additionally discovered two preparing fakers with pictures of Mr. Robinson taped over their appearance. <laughs> Detroit Police Chief James Craig affirmed that Janice had conceded that she was in charge of the assault and admitted her bizarre plot. Wow, the 45-year-old lady is presently confronting an assortment of criminal accusations connected to criminal badgering and utilizing Christian's weapons. You know, I'm actually offended because why would they call it criminal badgering? You know, that that's offensive to squirrels. They should call it criminal squirreling or at least or at least criminal rodentizing. I mean, I mean, you know, that's just really. And just in case you guys think I'm making this up, I am also going to share this with you on our Facebook feed. Here you go. I'm going to share this with you right now so you know I'm not I'm not making this stuff up. There you go. It's there right there. You can check it out for yourself. I mean, I, you can't make this stuff up, guys. Okay, what is next here? What is next? Um, okay, so, you know, we're living in a really interesting time, right? You know, there's always new inventions coming up. And, oh, by the way, before I go any further, before I go any further, if any of you guys want to call in and comment on any of these stories or just say, what's up, Annie, or just say, hey, you suck, Emmy, or whatever, you can call me at area code 657-383-0162. That's 657-383-0162. And you can also find, there should be a click to talk link on, if you open our show link, which is a pinned comment on our Facebook feed, or if you're listening to us on Blog Talk Radio from all over the world, by the way, hi for Kansas Sweden in Australia. Good day. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, You can, you know, click on that and there should be a link there. You can click and, and just Talk to us via Skype or really what, however. Anyway, um, so, you know, technology is, you know, advancing at an, uh, at an alarming rate. Well, you know, there's a guy and, and, you know, there's people creating robots, obviously. There's people creating, you know, self-serve robots, you know, robots to, to work. I mean, there, there's hotels in Japan that are run pretty much all robotic ro- hotels. Well, there's a gentleman who has basically, he created his own sex robot and he admitted that he wanted to start a family with his love machine. Sex, this is real. All of the stories that I'm telling you guys are real. They're weird, but they're real. Sex robot inventor Dr. Sergi Santos, he had to be a Spanish guy, is currently working on a way to be able to father kids with his robot partner, Samantha, and says in the near future, sex robots will be a normal part of society. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Dr. Santos is a sex robot creator that has made headlines for creating Samantha, a sex robot who he now plans on having a baby with. While this might sound strange, Santos says that at some point in the future, society will be marrying their sex dolls and starting families with them on a regular basis. I just... And if you're wondering how is he going to do this, well, and, and no, it's okay. I don't need to put this rated R. According to the Sun UK paper, Santos is attempting to start a family with Samantha, by 3D printing one. He explained that the process would be rather simple and would involve him combining features of himself and of Samantha. Basically, he said, quote, using the brain I have already created, I would program it with a genome so he or she could have moral values plus concepts of beauty, justice, and the values that humans have. Then, to create a child with this robot, it would be extremely simple. Santos acknowledges that sex robots make people uncomfortable right now, but he says that only a few decades ago, 
cell phones were also foreign to people, and now we can't imagine a world without them, right? Because sex robots and phones, that, that, that's the same thing. That, that, that's the exact same thing, right? Seriously, what is this guy thinking about? Okay, look, 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 look. Time out. Time out. Now, look, the real issue is not being discussed here. It's not about whether this guy can create a family with sex robots or not. It's where are those children and that sex family going to go to the bathroom? Because we have the men's bathroom, the women's bathroom, the transgender bathroom, the cisgender bathroom. Well, what about the sex robots? What are they? They can't, they're not human. They can't go in the same bathrooms as us. They're going to be, you know, offended and stuff. So we got to create a new bathroom for the sex robots. I hereby say that we must, uh, Congress, we need to create another bathroom for the sex robots. I hereby am going to start a fake petition saying that we need to create a new bathroom. That's it, sex robot bathroom. Because these robots need their own bathroom. They need, I mean, they've got, you know, these little cables that they, it's not gross. Okay, you got to be inclusive. You got to be inclusive. If I'm talking about sex robot parts, you got the, you know, the outlet, you know, and, and when the mommy outlet and the daddy, out, okay. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, do you guys remember? Maybe some of you that are my age, you know, I'm, I'm basically 20. No, I'm kidding. I'm 24. Um, there was a time when basically. Laying in the dirt was a good thing. You guys remember this? I mean, you know, and, and I'm not talking about, you know, getting hurt. I mean, okay, getting hurt is okay. I'm talking about, like, you know, just basically just playing in the dirt, you know, making dirt castles, uh, you know, digging for ants, digging for earthworms, you know, just kid stuff. And I feel like we're getting away from that. I feel like we've become so afraid of our children getting sick that now we're telling them, look, don't do that. You're going to get sick. Don't touch that. You're going to get sick. Well, there's a new theory out there that now it's saying dirt is good. Kids need exposure to germs. Now, this is kind of in the same vein as the vaccinators, anti-vax argument. You know, do you vaccinate your children because you want them to be protected, or do you not vaccinate your children because you want them to not be exposed to what you think is going to happen if they do become vaccinated? So, I mean, that's an argument that's being made right now by different people, different groups, and really it's, 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 it's still being made. Now, what do I think? Of course, vaccinate your kids, because we don't want measles to come back or the freaking bubonic plague. I mean, come on. Or polio, do I need to go on? I mean, vaccinate your children. For everyone else's sake, vaccinate your children, please. Okay. I mean, if you want to, you know, eat vegetables the rest of your life, if you want to live on air, if you want to live on whatever you want to live on, that's fine. But for please, for the rest of society's sake, vaccinate your children. And as far as the dirt being good thing, you know, there's an argument going on about that because it helps us, it helps the children develop natural immunity to some germs that might be in the dirt. Now, look, this argument is not saying to let your kids running around with dirt, okay? It just means let them play and outside. If they get dirty, it's okay. It doesn't mean that they want them to go wallowing around, wallowing around in dirt like a pig. It just means if they, just, if they get dirty outside, 
it's okay. It's not the end of the world. You know, obviously wash them, you know, they take a bath, whatever. But you know what? My kids get dirty all the time. Okay. They go play outside, excuse me, um, in, the, in, in, the week, in the weekend. You know, they go in their bikes. They go play in the park. They run around. They fall down. They get scraped, whatever. But you know what? I think that develops character. You know, I think it helps develop character. So parents out there, please join me in this and let your kids get dirty once in a while. Okay, thank you very much for that. So there's that, okay? And that's something that's being uh, talked about. All right, so a former manager of the Department of Defense is saying of the Aerospace Threat Program has been quoted recently as saying that UFOs are real. Former high-level officials and scientists with deep black experience who have always remained in the shadows came forward on one platform recently. These insiders have long-standing connections to government agencies, which may have programs investigating unidentified aerial phenomena, which are abbreviated as UAP or UFOs. The team includes a 25-year veteran of the CIA's Directorate of Operations, a Lockheed Martin Program Director for Advanced System at Skunk Works, and a former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence. That's quite a bit of high, high-end stuff, guys. Today, well, today this article is, is dated actually October 23rd, marked the official launch of To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences, Arts and Science, or TTS, slash AAS, which is an innovative public benefit corporation which will advance research into unexplained phenomena and develop related technology. It has established three synergistic divisions, science, aerospace, and entertainment, because you've got to have your entertainment while you're going looking at UFOs, right? Quote, we believe there are discoveries within our reach that will revolutionize the human experience, says company president and CEO Tom DeLong. According to a TTS statement, its team members who have been, quote, operating under the shadows of top secrecy for decades believe that there is sufficient credible evidence of UAP that provides proves, excuse me, exotic technologies exist that could revolutionize the human experience. This could represent the beginning of a trend towards a new openness on the part of the U.S. government. You know, and this kind of brings forth a little bit about the interview that I'm going to play today. It's kind of like things are starting to come up. Things are starting to become revealed recently. We're starting to learn more. I mean, just not that long ago, uh, the JFK assassination files were be, were cracked open, or at least the majority of them were, and we're already learning quite a bit of stuff that we didn't know before. Like, for example, the CIA knew about Oswald beforehand. They kind of were watching him, and not only that, but that Oswald was meeting with KGB uh, representatives in Mexico City. Now, look, we don't know the exact reason why. There's speculation that he was probably meeting them to get a visa or to get, you know, citizenship or get out, which that was kind of already sort of known before, but now it's confirmed. And, you know, by the way, if you guys want to read some of the JFK documents, go look up the Black Vault, and it's this site full of all kinds of, of just information that the gentleman who, who created the site got it from the Freedom of Information Act, so please do get that. So, you know, there's a lot of these things that are kind of coming to light recently, and it really makes you wonder what else is going to happen. What else are we going to are we going to find out? All right. So without any further ado, I'm, I'm getting close here to uh, limitations here. I'm going to go ahead and play for you guys an interview I had with this gentleman, Frank Joseph, on at, on the subject of Atlantis 
and I hope you guys enjoy. If you all on Facebook want to listen to this interview, uh, hey, hi, Mike. All you have to do is open a new tab or new window and go to www.blogtalkradio.com slash the graveyard shift. And then right there should be the very top uh, link should be the, the, the show that I'm doing right now live. All right, guys. So anyway, here we go. Frank Joseph interview Atlantis. Enjoy. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Anthony C. Ferrante, director of Sharknado. This is Seth Shostak, senior astronomer at the SETI Institute. This is Frank Joseph. I'm the author of an essay in the latest book, Lost Secrets of the Gods. Hi, this is Nick Redfern, the author of Close Encounters of the Fatal Kind. Hi, this is Jesse Proofus, the producer. By the way, I just realized this is actually the entire episode is playing the guest intros also. It's probably going to play the music. So there you go. What are you going to do? Hi, this is I'm Jeremiah Bomek, the producer of The Real of War. Hi, my name is Bill Hall, author of The World's most haunted house. Oh my god, who the hell cares? What do you mean who the hell cares, Steve? That was a pretty messed up thing, dude. Wow, that was pretty messed up, man. Now see when you, because you played that, now it ah I can't believe you just did that, man. What what's wrong with you? Radio. Now see I gotta hey, wait. Now, now I gotta wait. I gotta wait until the whole thing plays because you decided to play that sound effect. I'm sorry about that, guys. You know, sometimes when Stevie doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Crazy Steve, my engineer. Gonna kick his butt. Anyway, while we're waiting for the interview to get to the point where I'm actually interviewing Mr. Joseph, let's talk about Atlantis a tiny bit. So, you know, we've been seeing a lot of discoveries happen in the world of archaeology. And, you know, there's a lot of things that have been happening that we're really not sure what is real and what isn't? What was an ancient city and what is just a whole bunch of rocky outcrops at the bottom of the ocean that happen to look like a city? I mean, there's an underground, excuse me, an underwater place in Japan that just is unbelievable. Just look up underwater ruins, Japan. Underwater ruins, Japan. It will blow your mind. It will. Blow, I forget the name of the place. If you guys know which one I'm talking about, please let, please put it in the comments. But, I mean, it really, really will blow Okay, still the uh, music there, so I'm just going to wait for a little bit um, until we uh, get to the point where I just interview Frank Joseph. So let's see what happens there. All right, I'm just going to go ahead and play it. You guys enjoy it. Do you want to get high? Yeah. 
I will see if you guys can still hear me. And if I if you can, then I'll do it next episode. But I can't hear myself as I'm recording. So, at any rate, breaking news: King Jong Un has been overthrown. Yeah, he's done. Have you guys heard this? Look, it's not official. Okay, don't get all excited yet. Apparently, he hasn't been seen in 26 days. Okay, and already all these independent news sources have been reporting that he is no longer in control of North Korea. Okay, here's how here's how it goes. This has been going on in independent news sources. This has not been reported yet in the major news sources in the lamestream media. Okay, the country's organization and guidance department, which is a powerful group of officials, have stopped taking orders from Kim Jong Un reportedly, and a battle is simmering between the factions. Of the OGD. Now, let me tell you something. That's always happening. I'm always hearing that there's, you know, fights going on between inside that little faction and whatever. So, according to these news sources, think about this for a second. Four years ago, four years ago, it was thought that Kim Jong Un's government was collapsing in her brother's absence. Isn't that something? And now look at what's going on. Now we're in a I don't want to say we're scared, but we're kind of in a Cold War, the sequel with this guy, with our current president. It shows you how you never know what is going to happen with history. And that's why it's so important to kind of rewind a little bit and, you know, see what happened before. And not only just know about it and be, oh, okay, that's cool that that happened before, but really learn from it. Because this guy, this country, this North Korea, you know, they've been in power for a really long time. And keep in mind, it's been empowered by the same family. It's not like some dictators just came and just ousted him and they're in power. It's not like that. No, the same family has been in power. I mean, that, that's just astounding when you think about it. And, you know, I had a friend of mine um, when I was a – I'm a Florida State uh, University student. I love that. Okay? And one of my fellow students was a former North Korean, you know, citizen or victim, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, the, to hear this poor girl – Talk about the treatment that they were that they were getting. I mean, it, it was like, oh my God, it was heart wrenching, you know, because they were. It was like they were living in a. No, it wasn't like they were. They're living in a constant state of fear and oppression, and their entire lives. See, you got to think about this for a second because. He can't have his people living constantly on high alert, but yet they are. But see, the way that he does it is, it's okay. Glorious leader is here to protect you against the evil Americans, against Satan, against the great devil of America, you know? And there's a lot of videos out there of really brave journalists who I got to hit my hat to because they went to North Korea when you can, when there was a time you could still go. And when I say there was a time you could still go, I'm talking about 
you had to go under the radar. I had, you had to go like as tourists on a Chinese program. And even then they told you, look, there's no guarantee that we can give you that you're protected. If the North Koreans want to take you, we are not going to protect you. If they see that you're in the the tour group and if they think that you're a threat, you're fine. But can you imagine going along with that and actually saying, you know what, no, it's more important that we tell this story. I mean, that's bravery. I'm sorry, but that's courage. And these guys did it. They actually went there and they, they, you know, taped it. You know, now granted, these were all, they all went to places that were approved by the state, right? But even though they were approved by the state, like one of the places they went to was this hotel that they, that the North Korean tourist agency, if you want to really call it, that they have a tourist agency, was just flooding up. I was just like, oh my God, this is the best tourist agency. Guys, there was this one restaurant, and there was nobody there. And this one woman, her job was to pretend like it was busy. And she kept going to each table like there was somebody at each table, but there wasn't. So this journalist had to wait there until she got to him. And when they gave him the food, he's like, I'm not even sure what I'm eating. I don't think this might be donkey meat. I'm not sure. But they said it was halibut. They said it was some kind of gourmet food. It wasn't. And you know, it just makes you think if that's how they're treating people that are visiting, how could they be treating the people that live there? And then it makes you wonder, probably the people in high places of power are treated like kings. They're the ones that get the good stuff. So let me ask you something. You have a family there, right? If you're unfortunate enough to have a family in this place, wouldn't you want to get in a high, good place of power with loons? Wouldn't you want to, you know what I'm saying, to provide for your family, to actually have a good life or at least a at least a tolerably decent life. What's better, to have a tolerably decent life or stick to your morals and ethics and live like dirt? Something to think about. Let's go back to the listening. Put you on the air. And if you're not, I'll be like, see ya, buddy. Wouldn't want to be ya. So during this footage of the Hong Kong protest, the UFO kind of appears. And it's like descending towards the top of a building and hovers for a moment, then blasts straight up. Now, um, you know, the guy that 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 um, shared this video is one of these people that believes that aliens are not really aliens, that they're just demons or whatever. I do not subscribe to that. And I'll tell you what else I don't subscribe to. I don't subscribe to the fact that this is a UFO. I mean, it's a UFO in the fact that we don't know what it is. But I don't think it's like an extraterrestrial spacecraft. You know what I do think it is? A drone. To me, that's a little bit more realistic. Think about it. How else are they going to get pictures of way up high of all the – yes, Stephen, I know they can go to the building and take a picture. Well, what if they can't get into the building, Stephen? Shut up. Listen, this is the Chinese government we're talking about. They are a communist government. They're big time into surveillance and, and inter- invasion of privacy. What, Stephen? Yes, Okay, so for those of you wondering, Emmy, when is the interview coming? Well, here's the thing. The interview is actually pretty short because it's about an essay that he wrote. So, you know, there's not going to be a lot I'm going to be able to talk to him about. So just kind of hang in there. I think I'm going to be playing it pretty soon. Again, i got to apologize. I thought that the file I uploaded was just the interview with with Frank, but apparently it's the entire episode. So, So there you go. 
spacecraft and stuff like that. But I don't think every single thing in the sky is a spacecraft. I think there are other, you know, practical explanations for stuff. So, well, I'll tell you what, um, paranormal artist is just joined us, CB Nanigan. Guys, let me tell you something. You guys need to check this guy's profile out. He is one of the most talented artists that I've seen in recent memory. He's got some pretty unique art. Um, uh, I was very fortunate to be in a booth near him at the the most recent Grand Brony Gala a couple of years ago. And I tell you what, man, he's got some pretty cool art. CB, good to see you, man. Keep up the good work, buddy. And in fact, there is a convention happening right now in good old Tampa, Florida, which is where your awesome, illustrious host, Emmy, is broadcasting from. So, but that's going to be, hopefully, we'll have time for that after the interview. So, without further ado, I'm going to go on break, a little tiny break, and then when I get back, I'm going to go ahead and play the interview between myself and Frank Joseph. So, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back on the Graveyard Shift. This is your host, Emmy, and I am punching in. Put your warp speed on hold, Graveyard Shift fan. Our illustrious host, Emmy. Why the hell does he always say that word, illustrious? We'll be right back after this break with more shifty, yeah, like shitty, awesomeness. I can't believe this guy. Who the hell does he think he is? Um, oh, okay. Um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be right back. Oh.
deep within the molten core of a dying star. That's hot. From the snow-capped mountaintops of Middle Earth, orbiting above the Earth in a stolen alien spacecraft. The Graveyard Shift Online Radio Talk Show. Now, strap on your seatbelt, get ready to kneel, true believers, because here's your host. Emmy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Graveyard Shift online radio talk show. This is Emmy, your illustrious host. You are listening to us on www.blogtalkradio.com slash thegraveyardshift. You can also listen, uh, or rather read our Twitter feed at twitter.com slash Emmy Shift Show. That's hashtag. Hashtag Emmy Shift Show or on Facebook.com, look for the Graveyard Shift Talk Show. And of course, as always, you can go to iTunes and look for us under the podcast section under the Graveyard Shift Talk Show. So, as I promised before uh, we went to break there, I'm going to go ahead and air this interview between myself and the awesomely educated author, Mr. Frank Joseph. I think you guys are going to love it. And if you want to ask any questions about the interview after I air it, please do give us a call at area code 347-237-5187. That number again, area code 347-237-5187. Now, without any further ado from me, here it is, my interview with Mr. Frank Joseph. I hope you enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, I am here on the air with the illustrious Frank Joseph the author of a chapter in Lost Secrets of the Gods, in which he writes about Plato's Atlantis, fact or fiction. Now, Frank has authored more books about the lost civilization of Atlantis than any other writer in history. His complete published output includes a whopping 26 titles and as many foreign editions. He was the editor-in-chief of Ancient American, a popular science magazine from its inception in 1993, until his retirement 14 years later. During his career as a staff reporter for other periodicals, Joseph interviewed, wow, Secretary of State John Kerry, Minnesota Governor Jesse Ventura, big fan, test pilot Chuck Yeager, holy cow, oh my God. Apparently I know the Sumi, Oh my God, I'm going to mess this up. Sumi Joe, symphonic conductor, Sir George Salty, and actors Peter Ustinov, Vincent Price, and Shirley MacLaine. Today, he is a feature writer for Atlantis Rising, as well as Australia's Nexus and New Dawn. And uh, apparently, he is also an avid scuba diver. Frank, how's it going today, buddy? Oh, pretty good. Thanks for letting me be on your show. I look forward to it. That's wonderful. I'll tell you what, it's a great honor. You've been uh, quite busy, and I see that you've been uh, you've worked for quite a few people, many of whom I've longed to meet myself, uh, especially Chuck Yeager. Um, I've uh-uh. tried... Oh my God! I've, it would be the honor of a lifetime for me to speak with him. Um, uh-huh. I've always been a big fan of of aviation, and uh, um, to speak with the man that you know uh, did, broke the sound know, was, barrier. Yeah, broke the sound barrier. Thank you. You said it before I did. Thank you. Uh, I would have loved that. So uh, now I'm I'm in. I'm very curious about when you interviewed John Kerry. Now was he what? What exactly? I know this isn't what what you wrote about him. I'm just just a little tiny little curiosity here. What was he doing when you were interviewing him? What, what in what capacity? At that time, uh, this is about uh, oh, I guess about uh, six or seven years ago. I was working for a, a St. Paul newspaper called Asian Pages, uh, which dealt primarily with Asian cultures of all kinds. And at that time, uh, John Kerry was running for president of the United States against George Bush. 
He was here giving a number of presentations in the Twin Cities, and I had the opportunity to uh, meet with him. Uh, what the heck? What happened? Guys, I'm sorry. Apparently, we're having technical difficulties with the interview. I don't know what just happened. It just kind of stopped. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You suck, yeah, jackass. Thanks a lot, Steve. You suck, too. Guys, I really am so very sorry about that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to find the actual episode itself. I'm just going to put the link on there because we're really running out of time. I can't believe that just happened. Apparently, I don't know. Maybe the server uploaded just the entire episode and cut it off. I don't know what happened. So I greatly, uh, very sincerely apologize for that. And unfortunately, I'm also out of time. I think that's probably why they cut me off. Um, so I don't know. I I'm not sure. I, there's no way I can really communicate with the server producers and ask them what happened. Anyway, I want to thank all of you guys for watching us on the on the Facebook feed. Again, I'm very sorry about what happened that I got cut off. I'll be here again next week, same time, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This time I will definitely, for sure, have something for you guys. I'll either have someone to interview live or I'll be replaying an old episode. So thanks a lot, guys. This is Emmy from the Graveyard Shift Talk Show, and I'll see you guys next week right here on blogtalkradio.com slash the Graveyard Shift, Twitter feed, Emmy Shift Show, Instagram, Graveyard Shift Show, and on Facebook.com slash Emmy Shogun. Thanks for everybody watching, and we'll see you soon on the Graveyard Shift Talk Show. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.